Gods of War. That's another good song. It is, yeah. Okay, that's nothing to do with to talk about. Sorry. But you did say, are you getting what it? What was the original transition? Getting it. You said, are you... Uh, Talk about getting, getting it. it. Oh, yeah. Getting it. And I said, right, are right, you right. getting it? And, you, and that's the chorus is um, Armageddon it. Got it. Armageddon um, it. Armageddon it. Like, oh, where were we? Getting it. Right. <laughs> um, and welcome to <laughs> Tennis Rock. Start the show again. Um, so I, 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 I started thinking about this just this morning because I was like, you know, we I, I we keep talking about burnout. Some some people do, and I was I was leafing through other podcasts, and I saw burnout and tennis and kids and all the stuff, and they get burned out on the sport. And I was trying to figure out in my head. I had a bunch of things I wrote down, but first of all, do you ever see kids that get burned out? I don't teach elite kids, so actually, the students I get right. I've been burned out on other sports <laughs> and they come to okay. tennis Okay, where I could I don't know. Uh, I had a kid a couple of years ago that's, uh, I was like, what'd you used to play? It's like baseball. And I said, Oh, how many years? He's like, since I was like five and right. I got him at 14, 15. Right. And he's like, I was like, well, did you like it? And he's like, I, I guess so. But I just started doing it. I just did baseball. He goes, after a while, I just kept going. I didn't even really think about if I liked it or not. So he said, and he was going to be a freshman in high school. And he said to me, he's like, you know, I just told my parents, I was like, I don't think I want to play anymore. That's it. And he came to tennis and it was like brand new and and interesting because he's a kid. It's brand new and interesting. And so he just, he stopped. He stopped. And he was, again, ready? Not, when I say I don't teach elite tennis players, I have athletes that were really, really good in other sports, but they they use tennis as a break from their day job. The sport that they play is like a day job. I soccer, I baseball, I hockey, and so, then I play tennis for fun. I hear that all the time. So wait, go ahead. You said something here. It says don't th- didn't think about it. Yes, I think. The, you, the, so the kid said, "I didn't think about it." Yes. I just kept playing it. So is one of the keys here to avoiding the burnout, to help them think about it? It, Or does that mean or imply, does that mean or imply that if they had thought about it, they would have said their parents enough or I need a break and the parents would have listened or what, what does that, what do you, what do you guess that implies? I, I don't know. I'm trying to understand because I think that's a key right there. I took it as, and then I coached him for three years until he went to college. Right. Or it would be four years, four years. I took, when he said that to me, I took it as like brushing my teeth at a certain point. It was just something that I did. Without initially, it held everything that was interesting, like tennis, brand new. This is exciting. This is exciting. Then you start doing it, but then it becomes church on Sunday. We just get up and that's what we do, or whatever your family tradition is every Wednesday of the week, right? Every every Friday is band Friday for my kids and myself. We get together. Like that's what we do every single. Is but that Friday. in and of itself is not enough to burn somebody out. So, ready? How am going to go with it, though? On Creative Friday, 
even though that happens every Friday, and this is, I'll bring this back. You never know what we're going to do. We could be playing instruments. We could be building a bonfire, having a Nerf gun fight. We could be digging up the backyard. We could be planting a garden. So the day is held as something creative, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to always be centered on the exact same thing. But when you have that, where on this day, for 12 years, you're going to do the exact same thing all the time, but then you add in, we're not going to just do it on Friday. We're going to do it Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. Now, that's four days a week. So what, ends ha what happens is then I think it loses its novelty because they're kids. They need to explore, and I think when we specialize too early, and the, so there's this yin and yang thing going on right now where people say, oh, well, I mean, you got, you got to start young. I mean, you got to start really, really young if you're going to be good at something. And adults have taken this to, at three years old, they're going to start trying to coach their kids into being an elite athlete. And they're just killing it. And not in a good way. I don't mean like, you're killing it. I mean like, you're killing it. And so that's why I think he did too much baseball. That's all he did. It became his identity. It became his friendship circles. It became his parent circle. And it just was something, and it was dominating his life, school and baseball. And the kid's, what, 14, 13? He's like, I need, I had to get out of that. I'm done. Yeah, and I think, so I think one of the other kernels I'm picking up from this is that I think we fail to tell the whole story right from the beginning. Like, I think we, and we do this in tennis, um, like, what's, what's going on here? I think we fail to have that like that full on discussion. So what is the whole story? The whole story might be, um, you know, uh, I'm your dad and I love baseball. I've loved baseball since I was a kid. I always dreamed about, uh, becoming a professional baseball player. And so, you know, my dream would be for you to be that one day to see you out there at Wrigley field <laughs> or whatever, you know, cause we're in Chicago. But I, my dream is to see you out there at Sox Park. It's been renamed so many times. I just call it Sox Park. But the point Do you is, know why? It's Sox Park. Right. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. So, but that's my dream. But that may not be your dream. I mean, you see this. You see this with family businesses. I know because I've seen this in my family businesses. You know, it's like. But the interesting thing is, like in the family business, it's the opposite. In the family business, it kind of, some family businesses have you go from three and the whole thing and you're always around there. But a lot of them don't really start having you poke around until you're 10, 11, 12. And then they start, you know, then you then you go into the business and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe 16, you're working there part time or you're doing some things, depends on what it is. And then, you know, you go away to college, but then it's kind of expected that you're going to come back and you're going to work the rest of your life in the family business. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, so they, they, and it's going to work. You're going to work the rest of your life. So that's not really telling the whole story to the kid, whether or not you, without even being asked, Hey, would you like to be part of the family business? Do you find right. this interesting? Right. Do you think you'd like to do this for the rest of your life? But you can't, you can't know that until you've actually done it. And to make that leap 
actually there's a certain element of ignorance like you're not ignorance you're stupid ignorance you're purposely ignoring the individuality of the person like so i'll give you an example i mean i have some cousins or whatever they're in the family business and they're you know the one kid is you make it sound like the mob <laughs> well it kind of it it, it it if you're involved in a family business it 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 is like i'm on the periphery of my one of my extended family businesses and i see the stuff and i hear the stuff and the people and you know can, can I interrupt it, you it kind of is like that yeah okay because you're a business guy so don't lose your thought no how hard is it to be part of a family business it's extremely hard do you think it's more difficult than running a regular business yes because of all the interpersonal connections yeah i mean if you yeah because you there's a family there's a lot of pressure you know there's family history like my grandfather started the business you know and so there's a lot of uh pressure there to uh live up to then you know the then the kids that are running it now are there was their that was their uh great grandfather that started it so there's a lot of pressure that like to let that go would be you know but maybe right, so this isn't a 20 year family business no th this is <laughs> No, it's a family business. It's been around for, oh, 70 years, something like that. So to let that go is, you know, and so, um, and there's been plenty of offers to buy it. So, but the, but the, but the point is, and, and they've struggled with the coronavirus and everything else. But the point is like, I just think we're not telling the whole story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to be kind of expected. Like, how would that hurt? It's going to be kind of expected that you work in the business for the rest of your life or whatever. But if you don't want to do that, we really want you to, um, we really want you to, you know, do something else, but do it with conviction. Like you really need it. Whatever you do, we want you to do it with conviction, you know? And so, I, I just think we're not telling kids the whole story. We're not, you know, and it's the same thing with tennis. And this is what we're going back around to tennis, I think, because I don't think we have this conversation with students and have an honest conversation with them. What's, I don't see the harm. Like, listen, everybody starts out a recreational player. You are a recreational player and that's okay. And, but, you know, there are these other avenues to pursue, but it's going to take a lot more work. Right. And I just think we're not telling the whole story right from the get go. We're just kind of making assumptions about the way things are or do you know what I mean? Like I just, I think, and I think it's hurting, I think it's hurting the people who in, interact in the sport and the evolution of the sport. Um, I think we'd benefit a lot from, from being more transparent about that. So be, hold on, I'm trying, I'm just trying to, I'm silent cause I'm trying to process what you're saying. Are you suggesting that when a kid signs up for something or starts doing something and it seems they're going to go down the rabbit hole of, I want to be really good, mm -hmm. that this, this could take over a little bit, but you have the power at any time to say, I need to hit the pause button a second. Is, is that what you're inferring? Well, what I'm really inferring is, so I, I have vision of like, hey, I'm not sure what brought you here. You know, maybe it's your dad or mom, but also maybe it's you saw a famous tennis player and you thought, I want to be like that. Either way, it's, it's kind of a long road to get there. It's a lot of work. 
like tell a, a gentle but nice story and keep revisiting this story throughout their time. It's a lot of work. So you'll have to make decisions and commitments about what you want to do and how much work you want to put in. And it's okay. We enjoy the sport at all levels, right? So it's not a fault or a shame on you if you turn out to be like, you know, I enjoy tennis, but I don't really want to go for this high performance thing. I just want to play tennis. I like to play tennis and this is kind of fun for me. Um, although I will say with tennis, <laughs> tennis is the weird sport where like you always say, you can't fake it. Right. And I, I want to deconstruct what I think that means. I don't know if I know what it means, but when you see people kind of just fly swat serving and then just dinking the ball and hitting to each other, it's not that fun, you know, because the ball's out of kind of out of control. You can't control the ball nearly as well as somebody who's a little bit more advanced. And so tennis is just not that fun at that point, right? I mean, it's fun for a few minutes and then it's you're kind brutal. of like brutal. It's brutal. It's not that fun cuz you can't control the ball, right? And you have and and that in that in and of itself it means you're always shagging the ball and you're you just not it's just not that fun at that level. So you got to get to a certain level. But my point is I don't think we're telling the whole story here. I don't think and I don't and I think we need to be reiterating this concept to the kids who get, and I think it would lead to less burnout because I think then they, you know, we talked about this in our episode, but we said you're building the skill, but not the will. And that's the problem is you're building the skill in these tennis lessons because it's like, okay, get out there and, and you'll feel better. And, and kids do, they, you know, wow, I've really learned that forehand, you know, I've really, I'm really starting to learn a backhand. I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get the serve down. I kind of get it or whatever, but we're not, I don't think I think we're doing it a huge disservice because we're we're not talking about it all along. Like you know, just as a reminder, this is a long road. And like, if you want to do something, like, if you really want to get really good, like there's these different levels and different steps or whatever. But, but, but again, why do you get want to get really good? Where so that's I guess what I'm saying. Okay, so I got really good. So put it in, you got to frame the context. What does that mean? You have to give them the context first so they can want the desire to get really good. Okay. So that's the, that's the, that's, those are different. That's a higher step. My initial step is just, you know, it's a really long road. And if you want to get really good, now you're saying, why do you want to get really good? Well, the net, that's the, no, you can't, but you can't ask them. You can't ask them why they want to get really good if they don't have any context. Right. They don't know. Right. So the first thing you should do yeah. is give them some context. Right. How does any person So one way you could give context is you could have you could have two sets of people come on the court at different times. The first set is the fly swatter set who come on and go and really do it almost simultaneously, have them on the court at the same time and be like, Do you want to play like this? Dunk and dunk and the ball's going everywhere and you go Oh God. Okay. I'll, I'll go get the ball again. Okay. You just, can you just, can you just keep it in? Like you model this, right? Can you just, can you just keep it in? Okay. Okay. All right. Let's try it. Let's try it. Sorry. 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 I meant to, I, I'll get that. I'll, I'll get that. Right. And this goes on and it's painful and people see this and then you say, okay, or do you want to play like this? And you don't have to bring out the the blasters, but just bring out people who are like, and they're like, well, I want to play like that. And then okay. the context would be why? Because it's fun keeping it going. It's fun moving around and hitting something. Or if you're it's a contrarian, fun. it's no fun doing that. <laughs> Shagging. 
<laughs> no, I know, but you have to put it into right either way. But the idea of that, it's fun to hit a ball over something. Yeah, it just it feel it's different than throwing a ball. But it's, keep it going That's is the, is the fun part, right? Or trying to make the other person miss is fun, right? This isn't a game of catch. Ah uh, ah uh, ah! Uh, but I have to stop you. Okay, it's only fun. <laughs> it's he, a, right. It's only fun if you both have a skill set because the other th- their thing is it's no fun if you're just whacking the ball to the corner on the add or the deuce and going, yeah, I won, baby. And the other guy's like not nearly as advanced and like, okay. Or, or, or if you're the player that always misses because then it's you can't make the other person miss if you keep missing and they keep missing. Right. That, there's no play. Right. <laughs> you feed it, I miss it. They feed the ball back. They miss it. Wow. You want to go play soccer? <laughs> you know, so so maybe much. maybe that's telling that's te- that's the beginning of telling the whole story. Maybe that's the beginning of telling the whole story that the the I mean, you want to be able to to do this and you demonstrate, you show this is this is playing badly. <laughs> and this is, you know what I mean, as opposed to as opposed to just, all right, everybody, let's get on the court. Here we go. We're going to play this game and I'm going to feed you. You know, it's like, okay, well, this is why you, so you're building the will, not the skill. So you okay, explain so, so, that to them. So that's one aspect of getting into the game. Yes. But now you address burnout earlier. So let's say now someone. But, but I'm saying that's starting to lurk in the background to prevent the burnout. Because it's like, oh yeah, I wanted to, do this yeah but i don't think well. that, but yeah but i'm going to disagree with you here i don't yeah. think that burnout is is from not being good at something i think burnout is this pursuit of elite elite playing where it becomes the end-all be-all pursuit of your life as a young person and you're doing it so much that when you realize not everybody but when you you're the person that realizes this doesn't hold what it held for me when I was 10. At 14, I actually want to do something. I think I want to be a writer. I think I want to do, why does it have to be sports? Right. Like, and I'm a, and I, listen, I'm a sports guy too, but I want to play sports. And I also want at the same time, I want to be creative. And I need that in balance. And what's happening is kids are being, so there's two angles here. You're going from the angle of, hey, we're going to frame for you why you're doing this to prevent burnout. Here's, this is what you said you wanted to do. This is what you're gonna aspire to. So here's all the steps to that. And that takes a lot of time. So yes, that's one kind of person that at 10 years old or that athlete that's like, oh, since I was five, I found this game so rich and deep that it's held for me for 50 years. I love it. Great. But then I don't think that that's the majority of kids. The majority of, of young athletes want to explore other things and they're not allowed to because, and I don't mean like you have to, what happens is they fall into a routine that based around their family's work schedules and everything else, and then they just do it. It's rote. They're just going through them and they're great athletes. They're, I mean, I teach a lot of kids that are like, you watch them hit a soccer kick and dribble and you're just like, wow, you're actually really good. You're horrible at tennis, but you're really good at soccer. 
And then they're like, this is way more fun than soccer. And it's not because soccer's not more, f- well, actually tennis is more fun than everything, but it's it, that's not what it is. What it is is they're so soccered out, anything is more fun than soccer. But you just said something when you said they're soccered out. <clears throat> and that that's what I'm that's what I'm alluding to with the burnout is that by telling the whole story and continuing to allow the story to evolve over time you are giving them a reason to or an understanding of well okay what well, this is what it takes this is what it takes okay so if you take other cultures like if you if you were to take like an Asian culture and they focus on music, you know what I mean? And it's like they fully understand. Those kids fully understand the whole story. Right? They fully they may not like it. <laughs> they may not agree. They, with they it. all commit suicide, but well, okay. I don't know if they all commit suicide, but no, but the depression rate is so high so, and that and that's sorry, go ahead. I'll no, I just say you finish. No, 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 I'm just saying that I, I uh, you tell the whole story. So my idea is just that I'm trying to get to preventing burnout is just that it's like, okay, well, if you want to get good and not be this where you can control the ball, that's going to take one level. So now you're at that level. Okay. But now you kind of step it up and you say, okay, well, do you want to go to the next level? And they're like, well, what do you mean? What does that mean? I don't understand. And you say, well, you know, it's, whatever it is, playing, playing competitively or playing, you know what I mean? Like you want to be able to really play at a, at a little bit higher of a level, like compete with these guys or whatever. Well, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. Well, that's going to take like, you're going to have to be here more than once a week or more than twice a week. You're going to have to, you, you would, you need to commit some real time to this, like practice, you know, three hours a week or four hours a week or five hours, just, just to slowly walk them into it. And they're kind of like, they're like, okay, yeah. I mean, and some people would say, well, there are programs out there that do this and they do. And I I've seen this. So, but you, but then you keep having this conversation where you keep revisiting this. Cause I think it's important because it goes back to what you said. So oh, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. So you're giving the kid the space to think about it. And, and to say no. Yeah. To say, I don't want to do, I, I don't want to become an elite athlete. I don't, I don't want to, it doesn't hold that much for me. But I also think you need to stop sometimes. You need to take things away. For, I'm going to quote uh, Cinderella right now, classic 80s band with a great cliche song. You don't know what you got till it's gone. So when you take it away, one of two things will happen. And this will let you know as a parent or a coach or a club or whatever it may be, take it away for three months, four months. And, and if it doesn't come up at all, they didn't care. They were doing it for you or they're doing it for some other reason. If but, it's but, right, but, but nobody does that. Everyone's so afraid of. Oh my God, their 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 games are going to fall apart. If I mean, twelve weeks is going to devastate their games. And you're like, what? Are you kidding me? They've been playing for five years, three days a week. Nothing is going to happen to their games. What's going to happen is it'll give them the mental space in order to actually make a decision. Say, you know what? I really miss this. But if we keep, and this is the problem, they're doing these things year round. 
And if their kids are not given the space to actually think about something else and say, okay, I did that. I really miss tennis. I really miss hockey. I really miss these things. Do you really miss it or are you just doing it? There's a huge difference. But wait, I have to challenge you on this. Please. So how do you reconcile that against school? What do you mean? We put our kids in school five days a week, 16, what is it? No, it, no, it's, uh, reach for it. It's like 40, for 40 weeks a year, 40, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, 36 weeks. Yeah. We put them in for five days a week, 36 weeks a year. And yet I think we're applying to some degree that mentality to these sports. We are, it's horrible. Why is it horrible in sports and not horrible in school? No, it is horrible. I think it's horrible in school also. I disagree with the school system 100%. Okay. Just okay. So you, you're not the wrong guy. I would homeschool my kids in a heartbeat if I could. I actually think kids should go to school exactly how we are right now with COVID. You go from like, and everybody's work schedules should go to, right? Because if your whole thing is based on money, if you do it with less money, uh-huh. we could totally go for school is from nine to one. Nine to two, call it. Right. And they should have Friday, Saturday. Everybody should work a four-day work week. See here, in my perfect world. IMO. Right? We're going to work Monday through Thursday, three-day weekend. Right. That's it, right? That's what, that's, and they should go to school less and have more time to be outside, playing, giving them, and what we've done is because it's all become a business. School is a business. We know that. We It's a system. It's a system of control. All these things, and and you know, and kids say that more kids like I hate school. I, they're doing school. They're not passionate about school. I teach kids for twenty years. One or two. Why do you think they're on playing video games all day? They're just like, oh god, I just want to go to my own world for ten, for four hours till three o'clock in the morning because they're snoozeville. They, they're not challenged. They're doing school. Ready. For what? Mm. To get into college. So I can get out of college and be in debt for the next 10 years. You, you like this rant? But this is this is my frustration across the board. But wait, wait. So Did you just you, maybe talk to the hand? Your, I'm talking to the hand. Your, sched, your schedule had them in at least a couple hours a day. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you at your essence feel that even if you would redo school, you're saying you need to be doing this school thing in some capacity for at least two, three hours a day. Is that what you're saying? I just want to. Yes. But what are you doing? Ah, but ready school, school is creative Friday. Yeah. School is not the same every day because you have different classes. Okay. And I would actually do school, mm. you, right? So you're not the way we're doing sports would be you're doing chemistry Monday through Thursday Mm-hmm. For th- or Monday through Friday for three hours every single day. Hold on for the next ten years. Right. Well, what about English? Nope. What about math? Nope. What What about social studies? Nope. What about art? Nope. Just chemistry. Kids are going to kill themselves. I- I'm ready. To, I I could barely make it through chemistry. Well, hold on. But what I guess I'm now we have to reconcile the concept of mastery. Okay. So when we look at a guy like Mozart. And that's probably a crap example, but I'm going to do it anyway. And a guy like Mozart is like, you know, they, they, I was listening to some of the history behind it. And it's obvious that his father was responsible for writing a lot of his pieces. 
in the very, very early years. And he was mimicking his father's work and he was doing all that stuff, but he was considered a prodigy, whatever. But, and obviously he is, but the point being that if we talk about mastery, I, I think that you're not going to get mastery if you're always creative Friday, if you're doing creative Friday every day of the week and you're not pushing forward with a singular focus on something. You're not pushing forward. So I think there's this balance, I guess is what I'm saying, because if so you tell the whole story to begin with, right? The whole story is like, listen, if you want, do you like that? Do you like what you saw? Do you like the concert pianist who is like amazing? Okay. <laughs> that is, and don't just, the problem is, we come up with these sound bites. Well, that's thousands of hours of practice. It's so much more than that. <laughs> and in order to get to that level of mastery on the piano. But again, you keep saying, oh, yes, but, but that's one person. That's not the population. And we've fooled these parents into thinking right. that your kid is Mozart. 99% of the population is beer nuts and sitting on the couch watching sports, right. hoping, hanging on to a thread of hope that if my kid works really hard with it, 400,000 hours and can really focus from three years old all the way to 19, they could be in Wimbledon. No, your kid is like you. They do not want to do that because it doesn't hold a depth of interest. If you find something, by the way, I would argue that sitting on the couch and eating beer, beer, yeah, what did you say? Beer nuts and beer, beer nuts. Watch whatever, that's a recipe for suicide <laughs> for me, no, I can't. right? For I, a lot of people, that's very soothing and very, and it me, holds a huge appeal for are me. Are you saying in your opinion, I'd in rather, opinion. in my opinion, I'd rather take that couch out and throw it out in the middle of the yard, burn it and watch and invite people over to have a bonfire and have a discussion around the bonfire. And right, that's okay. So, hold on, because that holds that conversation and doing all that holds a depth of interest for you. So, you have so before you, so you can give the story, but we have to monitor. So, for Mozart, it was like, oh my God. Mozi was probably like, oh, this is amazing. His dad introduced it to him, and he's like, oh, but it held for his entire life, it held the depth of interest. You got to be careful because what ends up happening is. If you can't recognize that the bloom is off the rose for your student that it, or your kid or even yourself where it doesn't hold the depth of interest anymore and you're just doing it to do it, we all, even if you know all the, 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 the facts about it and what it takes for artistry and mastery, the only way you get to artistry and mastery in order to put the work in is if you have the interest in doing it. And I think that's where I really messed the, the kid with the baseball, what I was talking mm. about earlier. Yeah. It was, it had lost all its depth of interest for him, but he just kept doing or it. Or maybe it never had it. <clears throat> and that's where the whole story comes in. Okay. Maybe it never had it. Because the thing is, is that we're not, I mean, is there really a prescribed program of evolution I mean, I know there is because I got one from this other person who podcasts and she <laughs> sent me this thing that was like player development. I think I showed it to you. It was like, it was like a small dictionary. Oh you know yeah, I mean? yeah. No, I remember this. I, yes. showed, I showed this to you yes. and, and you were just like, I, I don't was, even, 
I don't even know what this is. There was, it was like it was like was, something the pen, <laughs> the Pentagon had issued. You no, know, seriously, right? there was like it would have a topic, and then it have a, a subsection, and then there were subsections of the subsections with yeah. asterisks for the other subsections that were in the back that led you to the website oh. that broke those down. Oh, here it is. It's oh, the but, Junior Development Pathway. How many pages is that? That was issued in two thousand six, and it is. Uh, a hundred and sixty <laughs> single spaced. Oh, it's dark, single it's dark spaced. in here. It's a hundred and sixty pages. I, I need I need a magnifying glass. It to has read that. it has points and subpoints. Eight point four, of course, is credits. <laughs> look, look at that. It has Insanity. charts. It has charts. It has angles. It has. I mean, it has. If you like showed that to one of level my students, four, warm up fifteen minutes. It depends on what level you're at. It's got oh, like a whole king of the court. We got. Let's see. Play play. For a team of players rotating with each point or two points Please until stop. the team has scored a set number of points and become the kings. <laughs> this is, this is, this, that's one, that's, I just want to say that's one section of one chart. <laughs> one chart. That's. And there's objectives. I'm, just gonna, I'm, I'm still hitting the crickets button. I'm I just, just I'm not I trying to bore. I'm just, I just, I'm trying think, to bore me. Yeah, I'm going to, did, but you know what we could do? Hey, let's have that bonfire you just mm, talked about. Yeah. Let's put that on it. But no, but I guess this is helpful if you are starting a tennis program and you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. But the point is, is I, I guess what I'm suggesting here is, well, first of all, the Mozart example is bad because his world was about the size of a thimble compared to the kid's world today, right? He couldn't turn on a giant flat panel TV or get lost in video games or on something on an iPad or whatever. I mean, kids. Oh, that's a good even, point. The haunt. That's a good point. His world was smaller. And so that held a greater importance. Say it differently, though. There weren't as many distractions. Don't say world was smaller. There wasn't. So. If you think about it, let's say he wasn't Mozart, but just his depth of interest was the video game, and the video game was music. That was the video game for him. Right. So when I see kids that escape into two, three hours, like, and I ask him all the time. Yeah. I was just in tennis class. We were talking. One of the pros had asked me, you know, do your kids play video games? I said, I don't. They do on Friday. Yeah. They can go and play for like an hour, some Pokemon Shield or something, mm -hmm. or Minecraft. It's fine. I'm not anti-video games. I'm anti-video games every day for three, four hours yeah. when you're not reading or writing. Yeah. It's like that. Or working towards mastering on something if that's your depth of interest. Ah, so you are building a skill. As far as what? Reading and writing. Yes. But guess what? There are different books. You're not reading the same book all the time. You're not writing the same thing. Yeah. Again, I'm going to keep going to the, the variables within the context of that school of thought. And I had said, I, I drew, dropped the, the video game Among Us. And literally in the high school boys class, six kids turned around and went, oh, Among Us? And I said, I don't play it. Go back. <laughs> They're like, oh, sorry. That's like, I was just using it as a, as a, a conversational point. Yeah. And, but like, literally they're all like, I just played for four hours before I came here. I was like, okay, there we go. You know, and that is back in the day, old school mozi, that was the video game. But that takes more skill. <laughs> like <clears throat> annotating, writing music, playing music. There's ready, it's not just playing piano, it's writing for other instruments, understanding that there are so many other facets to it 
than something else. But I don't think we're telling that whole story about all those facets. Okay, hold on. To the kids. So you're, you're, so you're saying, let's, let's say the depth of interest is there. It and, could be there. And if you say, listen, I know you're just playing like baseball right now, but, yeah. but there's these other components that we could go down. Right. I mean, you to borrow your uh, ex-brother-in-law's example or whatever, talking about the catcher controlling oh the game. Oh, yes. Oh, unbelievable. Well, I didn't realize that. So the point is, is like that, just knowing that, and I'm a baseball fan, but I, I now look at, I, I'm now, I'm, it causes me to be curious. I'm like, I'm looking at the catcher, I'm looking at the signs and I'm watching the whole interaction and the interplay. And I now see the interplay very differently than I did before. I always thought the catcher was just like throwing crap out there. Like, Hey, you want to throw the screwball? What do you want to throw the slider? And the guy's like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. I'm in charge. I'm the pitcher. And it's like, now I understand. Oh, wait a second. The catcher's really, you know, so he know, he'd always say, you know what the, uh, smartest position on the field is catcher dumbest pitcher <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna say the smartest position is the outfield because you don't have to do much <laughs> yeah they're getting paid to <laughs> they're stand getting there. paid to stand yeah. there. That their like, knees and arms aren't getting destroyed yeah every now and then there's a ball that comes floating by and they're like i got it no problem i'm there i had a can you hit the smart girls button man i just had i don't enjoy this i think you're you're gonna be like yes you're going to high-five me. No, you can't high-five me. We're social distancing. But do you think in any sport you take, instead of the coaches always coaching, you want to create real depth of interest. You want to really take out the burnout. You have a situation where they're players for a while, and then you say, okay, you guys, you girls, it's coaching month. You're going to be coaching now. And they're no longer on the field. They're actually coaching the team. Yeah. I mean, haven't you seen this with your kids when your kids tell you what to do or they say, dad, don't do it like that. I mean, like, like if every, you're going to go every day, like if you're going to go skateboard or <laughs> you're going to go skateboard or you're going to do something and your kids are like your one son, your son is like, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do it that way. He does it all the time. There's a better way, Dad. That's a better way to do that. You idiot. That's a better way to do that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that, um, you know, uh, it it. I just think that the mistake we're making here is that we're not telling the whole story. I know, I know but do you like that idea? Having give you, how can you tell the whole story mm -hmm. if you don't? allow them the other angles of it. So you got to take, oh, yeah, sure. take it out of the game. You got to take sure. it out of just you being on the field. How about, okay, what, what do you think the, uh, what do you think they should do now? Well, you, wait, you wait, wait, to take your, to take your analogy a little further, you have them coach. So now they see the difficulties of getting people to understand what you're saying. You're communicating as a coach. Then they see the difficulties of people arguing with you, <laughs> or not arguing, but you know what I mean. They're they're like resisting doing what you. But want that's to only do. one facet of the coach. Oh, I know. But I then just, there's also getting a player to say like, so what? What should he? What he or she should have done here? What do you think? So, but, and then coach, go tell them. Mm -hmm. in the, you know, when we have the changeover. So, but that. So that's the that's the real that's that's where we have to tell. We need to tell the whole story. 
we're not we're not telling that whole story. Can I give an example? No, one more example. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's. I know. Feel like you want to wrap it up. No, I'm, we can wrap it up. You no, wrap no. It up? This is, I, I feel this is a really good episode. Actually, I just I just think I just think that I actually am a little bit unfulfilled here because I feel like the next story has to be once we get them in and we say you know do you want to play like that and we show them the examples of bad versus better and then the next level is what you're talking about is like okay now what now what do you want to do do you you know what I mean like okay I'm playing pretty well and now you need to say okay well you know if you want to play even better and make a team or maybe not make a team but you want to play tournaments this is where you need, this is what you need to do next. And you're going to really need to concentrate. Like we've been spending a lot of time on the analytical part of it. You know what I mean? And um, we're doing that now because I want to build the depth of interest. So they understand that, you know, the analytical part of, of, of having a play of just doing something. And I, and I think that this, and I, I actually, I have to use this because I this fits right in with what we're talking about, and I don't want to lose it. Um, but this is Craig O'Shaughnessy, who uh, is a coach and is statistician. Yeah, you've talked about him before. Yeah. Coaches, coaches give lessons. Coaches give one-hour lessons. And we give way too many lessons where we're feeding a ball out of the basket, working only on a stroke with no strategic element to it at all. What I want coaches to start doing is, let's say they're coaching Johnny, invite another boy over they can either share the lesson and pay half the lesson or you just coach one of them both work but go and play a practice set and hang your camera up during that practice set during that lesson and stand behind them and talk to them and say where are you serving why are you serving there where do you want the ball to come back what's your plan for this point you're up 3 one up is this the time to go for a primary pattern or is it time to surprise to a secondary area teach the player how to win. I was on court in Germany just a couple of months ago and I had two leading boys that were uh, number one and two in Bayern, which is that southern state in Germany around Munich. The number one and two in 16s. And the father was on the side of the court. And I, and I worked with both kids at the same time. It was about an hour and a half lesson. And I was constantly stopping it and talking to the kids and bringing the kids over. Why are you serving there? Where's the ball coming back? During the point, a lot of times I'd say, freeze. Put the racket down where you're standing. Look at your distance from the baseline. Why didn't you move up on that ball? Why didn't you attack the backhand? And have this back and forth discussion and ask so many questions of the kids. And at the end of the lesson, I, I had you know, probably 25 leading German coaches um, sitting watching this. And I also had the father one of the bullets, the, the, the number one um, junior in 16s in, in Bayern. So the, uh, one of the coaches puts his hands up and he says, Craig, you know, I, I like the lesson a lot, it's fantastic, but he goes, a lot of parents are not going to like this lesson because parents are paying for the kid to hit a million balls. They want to see the kid work on their consistency. They want to see a lot of balls hit and they want to see the, you know, sweat on the kid and and, and, and working hard. They walk off the court and the kid's exhausted, the parent's happy. And I said, you know what? This is a different lesson and you need to educate the parents that you're not giving that lesson. That, that lesson will still exist. But I turned around to the parent and I said to the dad, I said, your kid is not sweating. Your kid has not hit a million balls. But what hangs 
pleasure he got out of today. His word served patterns. His word returned patterns. His word when to go for a winner and when not to. His word the defense goes cross court. His word to understand the opponent. And I'm like, I'm like, Dad, are you happy with today's lesson? Are you unhappy today with, with today's lesson? And the dad said, my kid learned how to play tennis today. Not just hit the ball, but where it should go and why it should go there. goes, I love that lesson. Please do more of those. So that's the point is is that that's a guy who's got number one and number two in Germany, and they're sixteen, and he's like, I love the the dad is like, I love that lesson you taught my kids how to play tennis today. They're sixteen, and they're number one and number two in Germany. So what he's doing? I'm sorry, that's a failing on tennis. It's a huge failing because you should be told that story at a much earlier age. That's yeah. the right. I mean, but he's also, but you notice too is also how he worded it. He wasn't telling them what to do. He was asking, yeah. where, what was your, what was your plan? Why did you do that? Why did you serve the ball? So, there? so his coaching is getting, holding them accountable to what they wanted to happen. Yeah. Versus I'm going to tell you what to happen. Right. Because if someone's always telling you what to do, bear with me here. Right. They're not thinking because you didn't ask them to think. You told them to, what am I going to say? I just said it earlier, half an hour earlier. You told them to do something. To do something, to be told to do something doesn't require thinking. Right. That is rote. Right. And that's, so he's creating a depth of interest within, he's now has a school right. where he says, okay, well, there's the mechanics. Now I'm talking about the strategy. Right. Oh, wait, there's this other aspect to it. Now right. we're doing math. Now I'm doing science. There should be so much, and I agree with you. So we, we have multiple, so you have these kids that have, fi- have found at that level of one and two in Germany, right. a depth of interest for the sport to stick with it that long. Maybe we, I can't interview, interview them right now, but I don't know. I don't but know. So, so my fear, my fear on that is that those kids who are really good, their depth of interest was based on wins and losses and their depth of yes. interest was yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And now this is this at that moment at 16. Okay. So that's the point of telling the story earlier. Y- yes. And because if it goes on the wins and losses, that becomes an I, me, mine, egocentric thing about self-esteem. Right. That is not a depth of interest. It doesn't yeah. matter what sport you're... I've, in, my, in my opinion, yeah. that is not a depth of interest. Right. That is my self-esteem is attached to I'm happy when I win and I'm sad when I lose, so I don't like feeling sad, so I'm going to work really hard. That is completely different from I find the technical aspects of this game, this sport, this craft, glass blowing, I don't care what it is, that... Man, I just want it. I love this thing. But the isn't strategy, this isn't this what we see in the work world? Isn't this what we see in the work world? We see the wins and losses. Way, well, people people take jobs as wins and losses. They don't take jobs as depths of interest. Correct. And people the win is the jobs, paycheck. The win's the paycheck. The win correct. is the paycheck. The loss is losing a job or losing hours that you could have gotten because the business cut back your hours or whatever or whatever it is, losing losing something. But you're always, you know, that but that doesn't build a depth of interest because it's like 
and, and but but yet but yet people take these jobs in that sort of frame of reference, the wins and losses, and then they develop a depth of interest in their field because they develop like an expertise in that field. And they're suddenly like, well, you know what? This is kind of interesting. And this sort of becomes you as an expert or what do, do you know what I'm saying? Like that sort of becomes you, you, you take that job and now all of a sudden, even though you took it on a wins and losses, sometimes for a lot of people, you start building a depth of interest. I didn't know this is how no, machine that, parts think, were made. I, I think that's know. a legitimate possibility. Yes. Yeah. But it's I, like the family business you said earlier. A lot of people would be like, oh man, I'm just brutal, but my family's done it. Or oh, this is brutal for the first 10 years. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's not that bad actually. I'm, or helping them to find their way in that thing. You know, like you might be more interested in this aspect of the sport, right? Well, I took my tennis teaching job as a way to make money. It was right. a wins and loss for me job right. while my music career fell apart so I could rebuild it yeah. because the music held so, uh, such a depth of interest for me. Right. But slowly over two, three years, yeah. I really found it. Like what's the one I really started reading and deep diving into yeah. different philosophies of coaching. Right. Because I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I have to at least make it interesting for myself. Yeah. Like, I can't just phone it in. Right. But think of that. That I was, that that's, I think that's analogous to what you were just saying as this was just a wins and loss. I was supposed to be there a couple of years, tops. Right. And now here is 20 years later. Because I looked for other avenues of doing it. Right. The way that I was shown how to do it if I continued with that methodology, I wouldn't, I would have quit a lot. But time arguably ago. you did that because you, one, you wanted to make it interesting for yourself and two, it was providing a paycheck. So you had a couple of reasons. So it started with the wins and losses. You had a, you had a couple of reasons why yes. you want to right? And all I'm, what I'm trying to get with telling the whole story is if we upfront tell the whole story about, you know, this is what, these are what the, potentials are this is where this goes this is how this goes and we keep reiterating that and we keep building that up over time then we're less likely to see people who have burnout because they understand there will be people who just walk away but they don't necessarily get burned out right that they walk away and they say you know it's just not i can't develop that level of interest in this and i i've gotten to a certain point where i'm competent i don't shank the ball out but i can't develop that level of interest no problem that's cool we're happy to have you come back play tennis you know play tennis once a week or whatever whatever you want to do but then there's the next level of people who are really interested in it and are like and then then what's happening is the problem is we're sort of diluting our own greatness <laughs> because we, because we're the kids who really want to do more can't necessarily connect with those other kids because we haven't created these channels and we haven't told the whole story. You know what I mean? So that the kids who are on board with the bigger story can really get into the bigger story. It's kind of like, this is a weird analogy out of left field, but it's kind of like the Lord of the Rings thing you know, or, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, that sort of thing, right? There's this cult of people that are just like all over it and they're going to just go for it and they're into it. Like they know Bilbo Baggins, like the back of their hand, right? They're totally into it. And then there's other people that are like, oh yeah, it's that huge book that's got like a thousand pages and it's got this like huge journey or whatever. It's a fantasy. Yeah, I read that. 
do you also wear like one of those do you wear one of those <laughs> cleric, headsets the cleric outfits do you wear one of those cleric outfits or do you you must be one of those guys who games with the headset on and the microphone that's really nice so no but but there's people who really want to have that experience and they also feel like you know well i you know yeah i play tennis you know or whatever i'm just saying like we need to be telling that whole story so that kids have a path and they have a channel to go through and i think you're less likely to experience burnout because then it's like it's it's allowed but but you can't just go from the playing aspect i'm i'm going to sit on this and i'm going to push it we need to allow younger people to coach have coaching moments within oh. the context of their own team and also yeah. having so we need a, to not be afraid of that. And I think honestly, no, because, hold, because you know why we're afraid of it. I'm kind of I'm, talk to the handwriters real quick. They we're afraid of it because, but what if we lose? Oh, okay. You lost. Well, no, 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 <laughs> like, no, no, no. But before the loss, I'm telling you, I'm suggesting to you that a coat, you know, you're an expert and it looks weird to have you sitting on the side while a 10 year old tries to run the class. And it feels weird because it's like, listen, I'm getting paid a hundred bucks an hour or whatever. And now I'm going to sit here like this and I'm going to, and I listen, I completely agree with what you're saying. I'm just trying to uncover why this isn't See, happening. This is the, but yeah, I tell you what, this, this is, a, this, this, is, this is the problem because you're an expert and that looks like you're suddenly less than the expert and it doesn't look good. And I guess if parents were to see it, they'd be like, what's going on here? Is that what really, is this how this works? But in fact, it's the very thing you need to do because when you do that, you inspire the kids to want to, to, you know, I mean, isn't it hilarious that we do all this like play stuff where the parents are all on board with, Oh, what are you today? Oh, you're a chef. That's great. What are you tomorrow? Oh, today I'm a police officer. Oh, today I'm a nurse. I'm a doctor. Oh, that's so awesome. Are you so wonderful? And then, but yet when we go on the tennis court, all of a sudden it's like, what did you do today? Why were you, can I, where's the coach? Why is he standing by the side? And it's like, well, he let the other kids, he lets the other kid, every kid coaches, you know, we have a 12 week class and there's 12 kids and every week a different coat, a different kid takes over for 20, 30 minutes of the class. Oh, really? That's interesting. Is that how you yeah, do it? Yes, it is because you're teaching the kid how to coach but also you see the game differently as from the sideline when i do adult drills at a minimum you'll never hassle your coach again (laughs) (laughs) because you'll be like oh uh, yeah Hmm. so so i just i just did a, a a refinance on my mortgage and it was a nightmare and i said to my guy i said how do you do this for a living it's changing every day he goes I don't know. I go, you're a saint. I said, I want to kill myself and you're doing most of the work. Right. And my, the appreciation for what he de- dealt with. Right. So you have a kid that's learning how to, to coach. Yeah. Right. And their depth, they're going to be like, Oh, this is what you do. Right. Oh man. I'm really sorry. Right. Like you said in another episode, kids cursing at a coach. Once you try to run something with a bunch, it's like herding cats, right? Right. 
high school girls and boys running around. But, but okay, there's that aspect. But just take one simple aspect of like trying to demonstrate something and then getting other people to follow that. Not even, not even like hurting the whole cats on a, on a drill. I'm talking just demonstrate a stroke or demonstrate something that we wanted to do. And now they, you know what I mean? And it'll make them more mindful of their own stroke. It'll yeah. make them more mindful of what's going on, right? Oh, I just had a moment. I had a moment. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. What, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I just had a moment. You got to tell me. You got to tell me which one you want me to hit. The engineer's not here today. So you know that the you're allowed to, in a tournament, to call out to a coach when you reach a certain... In a tournament, you can you get yeah. one call. Yeah. It's like a lifeline. Yeah, it's depressing. No, I like. I actually think it was. You're allowed to do that. I think that's so. I just think it should be more. But anyway, no, no, I agree with you. But hold on, I got it better. So this just happened, and I just connected some dots here. My co-coach, that I love coaching with the younger guy, got a call during class. One of his kids it went right to the finals, and he was he was in the he was in the semifinals. It was between sets, and. It was neck and neck. So he got the call and he's like, I got to take this. I'm like, go, go, go. And we, you know, it's exciting, right? He's out there yeah. and he comes back. I said, so what was the coaching moment? He said, well, I told him the, the kid's really good to get huge ground strokes. So I said, I told him to go in, take the ball early and rob him of the time. 20 minutes later, kid calls back. I won, <laughs> you know, and it's a great moment. But what if you weren't really just one call? What if you were, mm. maybe you get three and they're not your coach. You're allowed to call three people from your class or whoever you work with, or maybe one's your coach, two's your friend, one's grandma. You know, <laughs> you know. But then you're so you're out, and you're like, hey, can you talk? I'm I'm in the middle of a set. Mm -hmm. Now what you're doing is someone that's doing something else that also plays tennis. You're asking their opinion, like, what do you think I should do? And you're starting this dialogue now. It's something else that they can go back and forth on. Yeah. Why does that have to be your coach? I've got some really smart high school kids that are good players that were like solid that actually do or I, I thought they're on their phone, right? And they're actually like, I'm watching a video on you know, on teams one-handed backhand. And I'm like, no way. I thought you were like just playing a video game. He's like, no, I love it. So there are kids that are out there like that. Yeah. That's a kid I would call. Mm. Hey dude, I'm getting killed right but here. Those kids need to be nurtured. Yes, right? But the problem is, is we're not, we're not doing But that how can all. you nurture those kids if they're never allowed on your side of the fence? Right. You're keeping them here, but there's another whole other world here. Right. You could be part of sports. Here, here's another disservice, okay? And I think this goes into what we're talking about. You don't need to be a super athlete. You need someone to be scorekeeper. You need somebody to to do these things right you need like there's other avenues sure. that are just as important sure and what if you're someone that's not an athlete but you want to coach so i think what we discovered though is that you need variety to to to, to build that depth of interest but also i i'm telling you started early started early we're not telling the whole story right from the beginning like this holds a lot more than just whacking a ball this holds a lot more than whacking a ball. And if you want to get really, really good, you're going to have to get, you know, get into that. But again, you can't just say if you want to get really, really good. Why do you want to get really, really good? Again, if, I, if they enter, it doesn't matter what you want for them to get really good. If they don't know why they want to get really good. No, but I'm, but that's the, but that's, 
I think that the if comes before the why. I think the if is the impetus, like there's a, there's a, there's a feeling inside of you that you, you, it doesn't necessarily comport to words. It's a feeling inside of you that you have, and it's that feeling that propels you to want to do it. And it's not necessarily expressible in words. Okay. It's a feeling. I think I really believe this as a human being. It's a feeling that comes from you, that comes out of you first and foremost, and then there's the then there's the the bigger, grander why. Because I don't think we as people can put that. We don't we don't work that way. We 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 work as wait. I, I just have a feeling inside. I want to go running. I want to start running. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to run. And you run two blocks. You're out of breath. And you're like, oh, this sucked. But you know what? I'm going to get back in there and I'm going to do it tomorrow. So then, so then ask the student. Okay, forget, forget. Do you like the feeling of this? Do you like the vibe? Yeah. Does it feel right to you? Yeah. No. Okay, we're not going to go three days a week. Right. <laughs> it's, well, but are you willing to do it a little bit to see if we can... Can you dabble a little bit to see right. if that leads right. to the feeling? But the, but I ha, and I have to say this though, and then this is not me trying to gunk stuff up, so don't get all <laughs> get all New York. <laughs> no, I just think that you know that's very complicated. That's a very what you're saying. You know, you're saying it in a very simple way, but it's a very complicated mix. That's a very complicated mix because the thing is, there's a lot of stuff that's wrapped up in that. Does this feel good to you? Whatever. You know what? I mean. How can swinging at something and trying to crush it or whatever feel bad? I don't know. But the point is, I think that some of that is wrapped up in the external environment. Like if they don't like the environment of the tennis court or whatever, then, or they can't get it over the net. Remember, we talk about this all the time and you say, you know what? We should just eliminate the net. What is the point of this? Eliminate the net. Stop making it the barrier because it's the physical barrier that leads to the invisible barrier. Right. So we need to, the point is, is that like, I think that what's underneath all that is way more complicated. You know, like the, do you like this? Do you, you know, it's no, kind of like, know. yeah, yeah, I get that a hundred percent. Cause they, cause you, they, I don't the, think kid, the, the kid doesn't understand that the kid doesn't understand that. But in fact, there could be all these barriers that are along the way that lead to not telling the whole story. The feelings coming from the environment also, not just the sport itself. Yeah. And not telling, and we have to tell the whole story. Listen, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hit the net a lot. You're going to hit the net. Here, I'll give you this last, this last little tidbit. Okay. So I'm watching this. I'm watching this match. It's in Argent. It's in, uh, yeah, it's in, in Chile. No, Argentina. It's in Argentina. There's two Argentines playing Del Bonas and Bagnus and they're playing Del Bonas and Bagnus have, flirted with the top 100 but they're just outside of it 140 and then 180 which is not just but anyway the point is that these guys are respectively 30 and 31 years old the last title that they've won is four to five years ago at this point <laughs> right 2016 okay these guys are on the tour and they're still out there and they're playing they look a little tired but they're 30 and 31 right and I just think to myself, this is a long road. This is a very long road if you want to go pro. And so this, there's got to be something more there than just the wins and the losses. Because the last big win for those guys was five years ago. And they're not rolling in it. That's they're a, not long, in that's the a long, long time. That's five years is a long time. 
right? We're not talking five months, right? And so I just, what I'm saying is we need to just tell the whole story. And that doesn't mean that we're going to scare people away. People aren't going to want to play tennis because they're going to be like, oh my God, what's the point of this? It's more just tell the whole story so that it, that they're in for the long game. And after you tell the story, keep telling it, but then you got to give them the out. You, you, again, I don't, I don't, I have, but a, that's, imp, that's implicit in telling the story. That's implicit. I mean, to me, that's implicit in telling the story. Okay, but for, yeah, but that's you. Some people are not. They're just no, but like, I'm telling you all the hard work that's involved. I'm giving you the out right now. If you really want, you like this, if you really want this, you're talking thousands and thousands of hours of dedication right. and depth of interest and all this other stuff. Still want it? Yeah. I'll get everything. And they'll be like, some will be like, and they don't know. They're talking from a point of ignorance. So, yeah, of course. And there's going to be some that are like, uh, no, I think I'm going to go now and play some Roblox. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I'm still going to play, but I'm not going to be like that. I don't want that. So I'm, that's what I'm saying is implicit in that story is this is what it's leading to, or this is where it's going. And I don't think we, I think we just sit there and we say, Hey, he's signed up for another lesson. That's great. You know, like where's this? And then they get to a point where it's like, well, how come they're not getting better? Well, how, maybe they just don't want to play. You're just forcing them to play. Well, how come that, where's this going? But, but, but it doesn't have to be about getting better. And then it though. becomes an emergency. Then it becomes, he's got to make the tennis team. What can you do coach? <laughs> how do we get there? Right. Yeah. He's got to make the college team coach. He wants to. And then you as a coach are sitting there going, what, what are you thinking? You're thinking, I don't know if I can pull this off. I don't think that I can pull this off. They can't. Okay, pull sorry. It off. I don't know. I don't ever look at it as like, I, uh, as far as that angle goes. Right. If a kid is in, somebody is in, and they're working hard, they're, I, I don't make them better. They make themselves better. Sure. And that's part of the story, too. I'm the guide on the side. Here, I mean, I walk around with kettlebells. If you don't know enough at this point to start working out, I don't have to tell you. No, but I'm right? just, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's, I do. The, that's the story yeah. that we're, that we're, and, and that's why we're seeing so many of these like emergency situations where it's like, well, suddenly he wanted to, and I had no idea. And then they're pointing fingers at the coaches that they had before, like, well, they never, and this, all this. And all I'm saying is, couldn't we blunt some of this by telling the whole story right from the beginning and keep telling that story and say, look, this is where it is and not be afraid that they're going to be kids that just say, you know what? I'm not on for that story and give them different stories. You can, you can do the recreational story and here's what it looks like. You can do the high school tennis story and that's it. You can do the high school and then college tennis story and that's it. You can do the, I'm going to try for pro story, but either way, and regardless, you're getting a story and you're being told what's involved in that journey. And then you've got, then you've got the feeling inside, and then from there you can build your why. Well, why am I doing this? And then you've got a genuine why, because you know the story and you built your own why as opposed to somebody else's why, because my dad said so, because we've always played baseball, because we have a family business, whatever it is, right? I mean, isn't that kinda? No, that's it, I'm sold. I'm sold, I get it, I get what you're saying. Okay. But I don't wanna be misconstrued. Meaning, yes to all of that. Yeah. But the minute it starts rolling and kids get a little bit better. Right. They're signed up for the same thing for long periods of time. (laughs) And all I'm saying is, even if it's what they want, 
you got to take it away sometimes. You got to give the brain space. Yeah, and you variety. Cannot, you cannot keep doing the same thing three, four days a week for 10 years as a kid. It, there's, it's, it's messed up. Yeah. There's something wrong with it. And yeah. people can disagree with me. It's fine. You have to have other interests. They have to do other things. They're not professional Well, and athletes. maybe part of that story is a divergent a divergence of things. So part of your story and your ascendance to becoming a high school tennis player is you're also going to do this. That's part of the story. Like you're going to yes. invest yourself in drama or music, or you're going to invest yourself in art or whatever, whatever it is. Maybe that's part of that's part that becomes then part of the story. You know, there's other people because then you give kids an out too. It's like, you know, there are other tennis players. You talk about it and you go, Hey, you know, that kid's in drama. I bet you there's kids Jim who, Courier records music. I bet and, you there's kids who play <laughs> yeah, with each on. other every week and they have no idea what some of those other kids interests are. And hundred percent. And some of those hundred percent. So yes. okay, cool. All right. Yes. Well, we no, this is this a good, no, this is a good one. Okay. You rocked my brain. <laughs> you rocked my brain. No, you rocked my body. No, too. you did because I think that you're right. You got to have variety, and but I think that's part. We we make that part of the story and, and connect the variety. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, wait. What does this have to do with tennis, or what does this have to do with baseball? Well, it can build that skill. That's the point. Is that it can yes. it can it can create a, another 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 skill set. Absolutely. Right. If you if you're dramatic, if you if you're in drama club, you can learn how to fist pump really well on the court. <laughs> no, you can learn how to control your emotions. Sometimes you can learn to put on your game face, right? And oh, that's, totally. that's what drama yes. will do. Drama will help you put on a game face. So making those connections builds a depth of interest and tells a whole story. Okay, this is it for Tennis Rockets. Tennis Rockets, baby. Goodbye. Woo.